Welcome to Airman's Podcast, episode 374. Today is Wednesday, November 30th, 2022. This episode is brought to you by Mother Nature, the most annoying creature never to have existed. Yeah, the weather has been shocking this month. It's rained almost every day, some days quite heavily. At the moment, the sun is shining a little bit outside, but it has been raining. It started raining heavily in the night, off and on, kept on during the day. We even had thunder and lightning, although fortunately not very close to where I live. But nevertheless, there was thunder and lightning and all sorts of carry-on. We've had days where the winds were strong, and it's just been abominable. The main problem with that, of course, is that it's prevented me from doing any more work outside. Now, some of the stuff I theoretically could have done, even if it was just damp, maybe, probably not in the rain, but the one of the main projects I want to finish, which is clearing the bank of all the weeds and spreading more uh, bark mulch, I can't do when it's wet because I have to sit down on the ground to do it. And then I'm not going to sit down on the wet ground. <laughs> it just ain't going to happen. So I haven't done much of anything outside. I managed to get in some lawn mowing, which was critical because all this rain has caused the the weeds to grow much faster. I suppose the lawn too, but it's the weeds that you notice because they send up these flower spike things and flower so-called, and it just looks terrible. So I had to get out and mow my lawn and I managed that and I mowed the back lawn a couple of days later. Fortunately, I took advantage of some breaks in the rain. But when I was doing the back lawn, the battery died, which I would have expected because the grass was quite long and thick by that point and had gone very slowly. I was about two-thirds of the way through, I think. And I went to take the battery out to uh, go swap it for the other one. And as I was walking across the ground at that point, I heard <coughs> underfoot. And that area is right near the drain in the lawn that's meant to take away surface water. And I realized that that particular area was saturated from all the rain, which I hadn't realized because I couldn't hear it when the lawnmower was running. And I was talking recently with a neighbor who said that lots of the people who live in this development complain about the poor drainage on their sections. And that's because of that heavy, gluggy, gluggy thick clay that is really what's underneath the grass, those of us who have any. And I have very little, mostly weeds. And so it doesn't drain well at all. And um, lots of people have to have special drains run because otherwise their, their, their yards will be completely sodden all the time. Well, not all the time, not in the height of summer when it'll be dry and the ground will be like cement. But anyway, the point of that really is to underscore what I've said before, that there's really not a whole lot I can do to make it um, a nice yard or whatever. Certainly not that bank, which is all clay. Although having said that, the, the lawns are much better than they were when I first shifted in. The In the back in particular, it was mostly these barren clay patches, and it, it looked horrible. It looked like something from the Wild West, you know, all the dusty sort of thing. And I started mowing what was there. Some of it was grass. A lot of it was just weeds. But I mowed it, and I have, have had the mulching. I've had the mo mower set to mulching for the entire two odd years that I've been using it. Two and a half years, I guess. And it's helped. The organic material that I've returned to the soil has helped thicken the lawn, and I don't know that it's suppressed weeds at all, but it, it certainly has made it more hospitable for plants to grow, which ultimately could mean it'd be better for grass. Now, there are things I could do to make this better. I could spread gypsum on it, which helps break up clay. It's difficult to do in the powder form to get it 
um, distributed right because there's a ratio of how how many grams of gypsum to how many square meters and so on. And it's it's complicated and it's also difficult to get right. So I opted for a different option, which is a liquid one. You hook it on your hose, like deck wash or something, and you spray it on. The thing of it is that once you do that, you're supposed to water it in, which means basically you have to water the whole lawn twice. And that's a lot of work, for, especially for somebody like me. And I'm thinking, I don't know. So I came up with this brilliant idea that I was going to water it when it was raining or, suppose, or on a rainy day, not necessarily at that very moment so that uh, Mother Nature could water it in for me. The problem with that, though, is that when it's raining, the last thing I want to do is go outside and hose down <laughs> the lawn. So I haven't done it yet, and I think it, I think that's been on the agenda for like a couple of years, or better part of, a year and a half maybe. But I do have some powder gypsum so that I can um, help loosen some of the soil in areas where I plant. But it's just, it would take way too much work to try to get the that bank, that clay bank turned into something usable. I mean, I could do it over years, probably, but uh, I just, I don't know if I have it in me, to be honest. So I haven't really made a whole lot of progress back there. I will say, though, that my tomato plants are going gangbusters. I'm, I'm actually really surprised at how well they're doing, because when I put them in five weeks ago, they were just these wee little seedling type things and now they're big bushy plants luscious green they all have blossoms on them so it's very promising i mean you know i'm not holding my breath because last year or two years ago i think it was the they all looked really good no it was last year they looked really good and then they all died so you know <laughs> i'm not i'm not counting my tomatoes until they're picked <laughs> I haven't planted anything else in the veggie pod. The curly uh, parsley that I've planted in there is doing really well. So my theory that the diffused sunlight is better for it seems to be validated. However, I just haven't gotten around to it. Now, this isn't a big drama because the things that I would plant in there are things I would plant successively anyway, like lettuces and stuff like that. So, you know, if I plant some now, I might, I should have something to harvest by um, Christmas and certainly by January. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a mission. Meanwhile, I've been doing stuff in the house. I have several projects that were start and stop and start and stop. The most significant of which probably was installing the shelves in the laundry area. Now I know I've talked about that in pa in the past. I can't remember how much I've said about it, but essentially the, the gist of the, of it is that I bought these, uh, wire mesh Shell, not mesh, wire shelves. What do you what do you call that? I've forgotten what it's called. Oh, they're open, you know, so they've got air movement um, to hang in the laundry area. And I designed it or I came up with a layout that would leave the end over the laundry tub, which is in the one end of the laundry area, open so that I could hang shirts above it to dry. And there, then I wouldn't have to have a separate drying area in the laundry area anymore. So I, I bought the shelves some time ago. I'm not actually sure when I bought them. And... I, uh, when I had, I had to clear out the, the laundry area so that the man could get up in the attic to change the filters for my ventilation system. And so while it w that was cleared out, I just carried on. I cleared off the washer and the dryer and all around it. And I hung the shelves on the wall and I finished that on Monday of this week. And that was a ordeal. It, um, well, mainly because when I hung it, I didn't like it and I wanted to make changes and I did make changes. I, I bought some storage bins with uh, lids on them to put on the top shelf because it's very narrow and I wanted them, 
uh, I've got, I bought three because I broke the cardinal rule of buying bins for organizing. I didn't measure the space before I went to the shop and I was one short. But then I realized if I had another um, narrow shelf beneath it, I could put another three there. So I went and I bought f um, four more on Monday to finish the job. And I repurposed some milk style crates that I had for open storage, things like the hangers that I hang shirts on to dry and stuff like that in my cleaning rags. So I got that all finished on Monday and it felt like it was a project that had been going on for years. <laughs> but it turns out it was less than three weeks from the day I started actually working on it to the day I actually finished was, was one day less than three weeks. So it's 20 days. So that's not, that's for me, that's really good. Now, there are some things I'm probably going to change. There's one shelf, which has, it's a single shelf, but it overhangs, it's the bottommost shelf. It's a, got a bit of an overhang and I don't like that. So I'm probably going to buy two shorter ones because the way the system works, you determine the shelf length by overlapping. And the shelves are A and B and they have to be overlapped in a particular way. So they have to, you have to get the right ones. But for now, it'll do. And that's, well, that's the main thing actually. And I've got storage in the laundry for all the things that I need access to, but e easy access to, but not immediate access to, if that makes sense. Like those plastic storage bins with lids. I've got, one has got my vacuum cleaner bags and assorted bits and pieces for that. There's another one that's got my back stock of products like wraps and foils and so on. And one that's got my uh, paper towel rolls that I'm not currently using that you know they're waiting to win because i buy a four pack at a time usually so you know oh and one's got little glass jars some of which are for another project i haven't finished yet which is to redo the pantry i've got all these little jars that i'm going to use to to decant spices and things that are in a different sort of packaging right now so i've, I've given a lot of thought to this clearly as near as i can tell i probably bought the shelves in April or June, I'm not really sure. So call it seven months-ish that I had the shelves before I finally got around to putting them in, I guess. But I was thinking today, there's another side of this. The laundry area is now completely clean and tidy. It is the only area in the entire garage that is, but it is part of the garage and it is now clean and tidy. So I'm going to take my wins where I can get them. <laughs> uh I've, it's been really difficult to get through some of these projects lately, partly because I've got, I had all these things going on at the same time. I, I had I started with the pantry and I ended up doing some outside stuff and then I couldn't do that because of weather partly. And so I started on the shelves in the, in the laundry area and then I was going back and forth, back and forth. I would need to focus on a, on a project and finish it is what I basically need to do, which is kind of what I did with those laundry area shelves. But yeah, it's, it's been, it's been quite challenging over the past several weeks to months. And, um, but I mean, so what else is new? And I, I've got actually another project I'm, I've got to sort out, but I don't want to talk about it yet, mainly because I'm still annoyed and I will explain all probably in the next episode, which is likely to be next week, I imagine. So enough said for now. In other news, apart from the weather, the other thing that's been going on lately is um, of course, the cost of living has been has been in the news a lot lately. Our inflation rate is about seven point two percent, and the unemployment rate is really low, three something or other. Part of the reason for that is that uh, the borders were so slow to open, and worker uh, companies are crying out for workers that aren't here, and it, it's been really difficult. 
But the main issue that's going on right now is with the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, which is sort of like the Federal Reserve in the U.S. I'm sure all countries have bodies like that. I just don't know what they're called in other countries. And they set what's called the official cash rate, which ultimately forms the basis for what banks charge for home loans. And they drastically cut the the official cash rate during the COVID era, during lockdowns in 20, 2020 in particular. And they were really slow to start raising them again. Well, now they've been going gangbusters. They raised it 75 basis points last week. And the the governor of the Reserve Bank appeared before a parliamentary select committee, which a select committee is basically a standing committee in, in U.S. terms, I think. And... He said that basically if, if Kiwis weren't good boys and girls over the Christmas season, that they would deliberately crash the economy. And I'm not making that up. That's exactly what he said. What they want to do is to cause a short recession. Now, here's the problem I've got with this. There's two problems. The first one is you cannot control how these things go. There will be unintended consequences. It could last for a year or longer unintentionally. Second problem is that recessions always hurt the poorest people the most because when companies have to make cutbacks that cut back the unessential staff in quote marks who are usually low skilled or low paid or both and it doesn't really stop inflation. So the poorest people and working people are getting doubly hit by losing their jobs and having to pay more and more for food at the supermarket, for petrol in their cars, to find jobs for their mortgage if they have one or their rent if they don't. All of that stuff continues to go up while the ability to pay it goes down. I think the man's an idiot. I, I bluntly think that he's a moron. He doesn't understand what he's doing or the effects of it. And part of it is because the law requires the Reserve Bank to maintain a inflation rate of 1% to 3%. Because in the 80s, there'd been a horrible time when inflation rate was through the roof, as happened in the U.S. as well. I remember I was actually selling real estate during the Reagan years, and a good mortgage rate at that point was 22%. And we, I've referred to it ever since as the Reagan Depression. It was actually a recession, but let's not get technical. <laughs> the point is that recession doesn't doesn't treat working people well. And to deliberately crash the economy... When the whole thing is beyond the control of ordinary people is just ridiculous. The issue is that the Reserve Bank cut the official cash rate too far too fast and was way too slow to start to raise it. And right now, the, the signs are there that inflation worldwide is easing and they're going to tighten the, the screws even tighter on us which means that they, it is more likely to go not just into recession, to a short, sharp recession, but to one that could last two years or longer. So I'm not optimistic that this is going to end well. And there's nothing that can be done. He, the Reserve Bank isn't subject to the politicians' control. And Labor, foolishly, just renewed his contract. They shouldn't have. They should have gotten somebody else and maybe somebody who, who you know, past a freshman-level economics class at university. <laughs> I'm sure he's well-educated, but a friend of mine always used to talk about people who have their brains hanging on the wall, and I think that's certainly the case in this case. Enough said. Finally, there's a by-election here in Hamilton West. I wrote a long and extensive blog post about it, and I will put that in a link to that in the show notes, and also when I wrote about the, um, the laundry shelves, shelving project. 
The gist of it is that the the MP for this electorate quit and is forcing this by-election on us. He um, has said things that are unsubstantiated. He's made claims and charges that are unsubstantiated, and including the fact that he said that the, that Labor was going to force him out six months before the election so there didn't have to be a by-election. And I frankly think that's bullshit, but that's what he claimed. And uh, so he's he's now running as an independent sort of, well, he's got his own made-up party. We've got um, three candidates running from far-right parties, uh, two expressly Christian um, candidates, Christianist candidates, and one from the neoliberal or neoconservative, if you prefer, ACT Party, and a Labor candidate and national candidate. My prediction is that national will win the seat when the votes are all cast, because this is an out year. You know, it's not an election year. That's next year. And I'll talk about this more in, well, probably when it ends. Voting is now open. I have not yet voted, but I will vote and I will be voting for the Labour candidate because I always do. And we'll see how it goes. But like I said, my prediction is that the national candidate will win this by-election and become the MP for Hamilton West. So there you go. You can put that in the bank. <laughs> But that is it for today. The skies are darkening. It's getting ready to rain again. And I had better wrap this up before it starts pouring or thundering and whatever else it decides to do next. That's it for today. That's it for this week. That's it for this month. I'll talk to you soon. Kakiteano. Bye. You can comment on this or any episode of the Emmons Podcast at emmonspodcast.com, where you can also leave a voice message. You can visit and comment on the Amarin's Facebook page, or you can email me with or without a voice message at amarin's at gmail.com. This podcast is a proud member of the Pride 48 Network and is produced and distributed under Creative Commons license. Complete details at the website. <laughs>